Everyone, we're going to continue in our um, attempt to understand the Sugev HaSogaz Gvul. Let's take a little bit of a step back for literally just a few minutes and then we'll go straight forward into the next aspect of the Sugev and try to clear up some of the aspects or elements that we were discussing up until now. The Gemara says, As you know, as we learn, If you have a person who opened up a mill and there's someone next to him who uh, a few weeks later, a few years later, open up, opens up the same type of mill, the same type of store. So Rav Huna holds that you can, um, you can actually take the second person, the first person could take the second store owner to Bezdin and tell him that you're destroying my business and have him close up his store or prevent him from opening up the store in the first place. And the Gemara thinks that we can bring a raya to this halacha from the case of the fisherman. We have a case of the fisherman. We have one person who's fishing in a certain area of the, of the lake. So he can prevent the second person, a second fisherman, from, from starting to uh, also fish within a certain distance. So it sounds like a similar type of halacha. You can stop a second person from opening up a similar type of store. The Gemara says, no, fish are different. The Chayahavi Siara. So there's a different, a different perushim of what Yahavi Siara means. Rashi says that it means because the fish, are, for all intents and purposes, are considered to have, as having been caught already. So you can't go into the person's net and take fish. That would be stealing. So even though they're not actually in the net yet, but within a certain distance, we assume that's already uh, a done deal. And once something's a done deal, and it's almost not just a done deal, but the fish, because they have no Bechira Chavshus, they see the food, it's, so it's almost in, it's inevitable, inevitable that they are going to uh, go into the net, and therefore a second person can't open up a, um, uh, open up shop, open up the, uh, you know, and start fishing within uh, a parsa, within a parsa's distance. Another way to say it is that the fish are what we would call the Davosha Baliola. The fish are already there. So when the first person has the net, and the fish are swimming around, so we can say, okay, the fish is as if they're caught already. That doesn't apply necessarily to a store. It's true that there are people who are in the neighborhood who are probably going to go to the first person who opens up the mill because they need their they need their grain to be uh, to be made into flour. But it's not inevitable. I mean, they can go to another town. They can uh, they they have the chirachavshes. They can just try to to buy a mill and, and and do it themselves. So it's not inevitable. By the fish, they're not a, they're not catching themselves. I mean, they're they're going to come into the net. So therefore, the case of the fish is different. Either way, it comes out that according to Ravuna, at least according to Ravuna. He holds that uh, we have we have protection for the first the store owner. We have protection for a store owner, store owner. Unlike the way we think in America that you know a free enterprise and it's there's no such thing as a monopoly and it doesn't matter if you have a store even if it's on a certain block you can open up another store as long as you're not uh, stealing from the first person. You can open up another store across the street next door and uh, and let the best pizza win, let the best Chinese food win, let the pe- let the best Miller, uh, let the best baker, let the best person win, and let the people will decide. Which person is going to make it? It sounds like even, um, I'm sorry, the opposite. Ravuna says you cannot open up the uh, the second store because he holds that uh, we hold from uh, we hold from this protectionary type of policy. The reason I mention that is because Ravuna buried of Yeshua on the bottom of that number one, the first Maramakam seems to say that, uh, like I was just saying a moment ago, the second you can't stop people from opening up stores. Amar Ravuna buried of Yeshua Pshintali, Barmasa Barmasa. You have two people who are living in different neighborhoods and one person has a store and the second person opens up a store that's a similar type of store if he pays taxes just like the first person, not property taxes, but business taxes, employment taxes. So, um, so uh, you can't stop him. That's free enterprise. 
Right? You can't have an option. Just because you were there for 10 years doesn't mean that the neighborhood is yours. You have to constantly and continuously have good products. And if a second person comes, it's just going to force you to have better products to make sure that, the, uh, that your clientele continues to come to you. That's Rav Huna of Yeshua. So it seems to be this machlokas between Rav Huna of Yeshua and Rav Huna about whether we protect a store owner from other store owners uh, opening up similar type of stores to, that would possibly destroy their businesses. This is a machlokas. Sounds like it's a machlokas. So who do, what we want to know is, okay, so who do we bask like? Do we bask that we give protection to the first store owner, or do we don't give protection to the first store owner? So then we shot him possum like Ravuna Bred of Yeshua, which sounds like uh, there's no protection. You can have a store. Someone else uh, wants to open up the same type of store. No problem. No problem. You can't, what, what, just because you were there first, just because you live there, the second person's paying the taxes also when he comes, he'll, he'll pay his fair share, in which case he can open up a store. Since we possibly have one of Yeshua, there's no problem. And that's actually the way many of the poskim over the last 100 and 300, 400 years, poskim, many of them poskim like this, they would never stop a second store owner from opening up. Because uh, we pass like Rav Huna Yeshua, Lo The Rift passes like that. It sounds like Rashi tells us they don't pass like Rav Huna Yeshua. So it's funny when we hear the the story of Asagas Gvul. You can't open up another Chinese restaurant. You can't open up another pizza store. Where does it come from? We pass like Rav Huna Yeshua. So the truth is, it comes from a Mordechai, one of the Rishonim, who quotes another one of the Rishonim, one of the uh, um, German Rishonim, I believe. That, uh, that says uh, it's not so simple. When the Gemara says that a second person can open up a store, that's talking about what we call a mavoy mefulash. It's talking about a place where, where people have access to come into this block from both directions. They can come from the west side, they can come from the east side, they can come from the north, they can come from the south. Which basically means that you're not, you're not necessarily destroying the first person. Uh, people can come to you, people very realistically can go to the first person, to the second person. So then, uh, you know, it's, it's fair competition. But in the case where you, let's say you have a cul-de-sac, you have a dead end, and you have one person who has the store all the way at the end, and you have a, a second person who's opening up a store all the way at the beginning of the, of the, um, of the alleyway, and, you know, why would, I, why would anybody go to, to the far end, walk an extra half a mile, if you can go to the first store? So, in effect, you're going to destroy the city. You're going to destroy the free. You're not just, it's not fair competition. It's unfair competition. You've basically, you, you've knocked me out because no one's going to come. No one's going to come all the way to me anymore. So, now, via Saf, quoted by the Mordechai, says, that's not allowed. So the question is, where does he get it from? Rav Huna of Yeshua says, you can't stop a second. He never says that in the Gemara. So the, 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 the Rimagash says very clearly that Rav Huna and Rav Huna of Yeshua, this is where the Chassam Sofa learns, are actually not arguing at all. We think there's a machlokas. There's a whole slew of Rishonim, this Mordechai, starting with the Mordechai, and others are saying there's no machlokas at all. They're actually talking about two different types of cases. What are the two types of cases? So if you look at the Rimagash, Quoted by the Chassam Sofer. Take a look on the second page. And this is how he explains what the Gemara means when it says that fish are different. When the first, second person opens up his uh, and starts fishing near the first person, the difference between that case and the case of the stores is very simple. You have to distinguish between when you're destroying the first person and when you're hurting the first person. Just because you're hurt, a second person wants to open up a store, a pizza store, you can't stop... You can't stop him from having, he wants to, he knows, he wants to open, he thinks it's going to be successful. He thinks there's enough room in the community to have two pizza stores. So what, you can't stop him just because the first person opened that up first. You can't stop him. Unless he's going to destroy the first person's business. If he's going to lessen the first person's business, that's not a problem. By the fish, 
if you open up, if you start fishing next to the first fisherman, you're going to destroy his business. Because he, the, the fish were there, I don't know, what do you call where their living spaces is closer to the second fisherman than the first fisherman. So they're never going to get to the first fisherman. They're always going to meet your net and be stuck. Going, you see, you're basically destroying the first person's business. Whatever the mitzvah is by the fish, that's what the Rimigash says. Legamre, when you destroy the first person's business, that's no good. Because the fish are never going to make it to the first person anymore, so you destroyed his business. By the case of the mill, you've only hurt his business. You haven't destroyed his business. They can come to the first person, they come to the second person. Unless you have this cul-de-sac case, then you destroy the business, that you can't do. So he makes this difference. And based on this chesam sofer, based on the rimagash, based on the Mordechai, they learn that the Gemaras are not arguing. The two, uh, the two, um, the Yachro, the, 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 the Amorai, Rav Huna, Rav Yeshua are not arguing. One's talking about a destruction of the first person's business. One's talking about a, uh, a, a lessening, a diminishing of the first person's business. And that's what a Bezdin, that's why you have Shilas. The Shilas that come up, or if you pass on like the Rif and Rashi and, uh, and, and the Tosvas that say, we pass on like the Rav of Yeshua, and you can open up any store you want, and no one's going to stop you, so long as you're not, you know, you're not stealing from the first person. So then there's really no Shiloh when it comes to Hasagah's Gvul. What's the Shiloh? The first person is going to go to bed and says, I was here for the last six years, I had this chocolate shop, he's going to open up the same type of chocolate shop, he's going to put me out of business. So the, the Bezin is going to say, I, I feel, maybe we feel bad for you, but the Gemara says that that's allowed. But who would have sure? So long as he's paying taxes for his store here, he, that's allowed. And if, if the other, the other, the other sloop, the other Bate um, Dinim who take the Chasam Sofer and Rav Moshe Feinstein holds like the Chasam Sofer and the Rimagash and the Mordechai, they say, no, no. You think that it wasn't the Machlokas. We're passing that there was never a Machlokas in the first place. And what we have to figure out is, is this, are the two stores going to be able to survive? If they can both survive, even if obviously the second store is going to have a, a negative impact on the first store, then we're going to allow you to open. If you're not going to survive, then we're not going to allow you to open. We're going to give, we're going to, we're going to, Paskin that we're not going to allow you to open. So that's that's the basic shell of the shit that we've been discussing till now. Dr. Felsen, you had a, a thought, a question before? Um, according to the, other, the first Rishon, yes. um, the way they interpret Rafuna, yeah. they interpret Rafuna saying that you can never have competition. Like, how do they explain no, Rafuna's spirit? They may say, if, if you're going to destroy the second person, no, and you're within... No, no, according to the... Like, According to the first, the first way we look right, right, right. Um, yeah, yeah um, not never, not like never competition. You can have competition, but if you, if if the second, if the competition is going to um, um, n- uh, strongly negatively impact the first person's business, then yeah, the first person has a has a has a protection right, has a protection right. Now there are going to be times that Irav Huna would agree. That even Rav Huna would agree that it's For example, we'll go back to the first page. In the first Maramakam, in the Gemara itself, the Gemara says as follows. This position of Rav Huna, is this like the Shita of Rabbi Yehuda? Is Rav Huna's position that gives protection to the first owner, to the first store owner. Is this like Rabbi Yehuda? Who's Rabbi Yehuda? Rabbi Yehuda says as follows. I'm going to read Lema Rav Huna the Amak Rabbi Yehuda. It's right in the middle of the first Maramakam. Will we say that Rav Huna holds like Rabbi Yehuda? What does Rabbi Yehuda say? The Snan. You have two, two people. They're, they're both 
already have stores. They opened around the same time, or, or they opened one after the other, but there was no Bezin at the time, there was no Jewish community really at the time. And now we have uh, competition, fair competition. So Yehuda says something interesting. The guy has a, a sweet store, you know, sweets and nuts. And the person who owns the store is smart. You know what they do? Who buys from a sweet store? Who buys from a sweet store? Kids. Kids. When I grew up, and t- I went to Taurus Semis Kamenitz on, on 56th and, and 16th Avenue, all of 16th Avenue, the whole street, you go up to 16th Avenue, on 56th Street there was a sweet store, on 54th Street there was a sweet store, on 50th, you go right up, you can go, you get those little fishy things, they're nice and soft, it was Gavaldic. So I went on 54th Street, I used to go with my friend the Ruben, we had triplets in our class, the Rubenstein triplets, and then we were blessed with triplets too, so maybe this story, so maybe someone will be saying this story in 25 years from now. I remember hanging out with the triplets, but anyway, these were three boys, we have two and, two and one. But, um, so we used to go to the store, 50 Fortune, and the, the girl, the woman there, used to give, used to give us like little free, uh, little free, um, these little red fishies. Oh, you don't have to give much to a kid to make the kid say, I'm gonna buy my baseball cards at that store from now on. You know, if you give me a, f- I know I'm getting a free little thing. So the review that says you can't do it, it's unfair. Unfair competition. You're gonna knock. You're gonna knock the first. You're gonna knock the first person out of business. Lo chenvani. The store cannot give out klayos that goes in latinokos. Why? Because you're gonna you're unfairly drawing the clientele to the to your business. And the chum say you can do it. You can do it. So why do the chum say that you can do it? I feel the ad kalo pliga So he says that sounds like Rav Huna. Rav Huna says, you can't have, you can stop a second person from opening up a store because you're going to hurt the first store. So to here, it sounds like you can't use this unfair tactic of giving out free stuff because you're going to hurt the first store, you're going to hurt the other stores. So the Rabbanon say, so the Gemara says, that's not a riot at all. You know why? Because what are you, you're using certain tactics, certain business acumen to draw people into the store. So let the second, let the first person do it too. So just because, so what, what's, what are you going to say? The first, it's not fair because he's open, his store, I'm charging $1.80 for, how much is pizza now? For one slice. You know, people don't buy, they buy pies, so you don't know, you know. Two fifty already? So it's two fifty for a slice. I remember when it was a quarter, right? So, so, so two fifty for a slice. So the store opens up, he starts to charge two twenty five. A dollar eighty. So he knocks the stack. So you can also charge. You can also charge a little bit less. Who says you can't charge a little bit less? So if you if if it's if it can be proved proven by the Bezdin that the second store, although or one of the stores is is using certain methods, that the first store can also he could be a little bit smarter. Look, look at your your store. It looks like a pigsty, and this store is 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 clean. So he says it's not fair. He has a clean store. So clean up your store. I, 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 you can't claim that the first, that the second store is putting you out of business because he's do- now. If he's a very, very wealthy person and he can afford to charge a dollar twenty for a piece of pizza, then you can maybe claim. Hey, listen, one second. He's using. I can't charge a dollar twenty because if I charge a dollar twenty, he's going to put me out of business. So that that already uh, that might be unfair competition. That already the rabbanim will say. I'm giving out nuts. So you can give out candy. Well, well, I, I, no one's stopping you from using your, your head just because you were there first. Use so to answer your question. Even if Huna would say, if you have two stores and they both are able to uh, coexist. So then, uh, even Rav Huna would probably say that it's okay. 
It's only And even if you're hurting me, but if, if, if each store can... So if one store is going to put the other store out of business, and even according to the Rimagash, we would say this, even according to the Chassam Sofer, we would say this, that the what? You, when, when the Chassam Sofer says, when you're, dis- when you're destroying the first store, we can stop you from opening. But unless the first store can up his game, and then you can both coexist. So then, then we won't stop the second person. By the way, what does it mean to destroy the first store? Rav Moshe also discusses this. Does it mean that he's not getting any business at all? Abs- of course, that's not what it means. And, and, what, no part. He'll have, he'll have some part. Less, less. Not, less. So how much less? How much less? So what would you say? How much less? Let's say the person is making $150,000 from this, from this store. It depends upon how much he's making. Okay. If he's making... No, let's say he's making. Let's say he's making. No, let's say, yeah, let's say he's making. Let's say you're going to knock him down three times less than what he's making. He's making two hundred thousand dollars. Now he's only going to be making. I don't know. Not. He's making three hundred thousand dollars. Now he's making one hundred thirty thousand dollars. You knock him down a third. So, so can you stop the second story? You probably, and you really, you're not. You're killing him. On the other hand, do you need? It depends where you live. If you're living somewhere out in, you know, here, $130,000, you need more than that for most people. But if you're living out in, uh, in, 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 in some place in Texas or somewhere, property taxes are less, tuition is less, the kosher food is less, everything's less. $130,000, you can probably buy a big house and live like a king. Of course, it makes you wonder, like, why are we, why are we, all, so why are we all living here? <laughs> That's another kasha. It's another kasha. Right, so uh, let's go. So, uh, so, so, so it depends. Depends where you're living. So Rav Moshe says it depends where you're living, and it depends on your so on your on your economic and social status. And if you're going to knock a person down to the extent where he's not, gonna, it's not going to be worth for him to keep the store open. Like sometimes a person's at a job. Say we have to, we have to, we have to make your, you have to have your salary. Person has to think, okay, it's, I, I hate, I can't stand the fact that I'm getting less than I used to get, but it's still worth it for me to stay at the job. Where else am I going to get even half of what I was making? So then that's not called pasak the lichayutzi. Then that's called, all right, then the second person can open. Especially if he can up his game a little bit and give out nuts and give out candy and maybe lower the price a little bit. And the Rimagash writes, it's quoted by, by the base of Chaim and others, that another thing that has to be taken into account, that's what we were discussing last week, is that not only, even if you are going to hurt the first business, but if it's going to create a significant or marked difference for the consumers, then that also has to be taken into account by the business. You take a look that I quoted, I think I quoted in the fourth, on the fourth page. In the base of Ephraim, in the 10th Yoreid, the whole halach of Yoreid, that you're not allowed to open up a second business is only Shein Hanolah when the lochim are not going to benefit, if there's hanan benefit to the people, to the buyers, to the consumers, you know it's great. We'll get better pizza. The pizza will be lower. I don't have to travel to the other side of town. So then maybe then probably even those who say that you cannot open if you're going to destroy the second business in such an environment, maybe you should be able to. So all these different factors are going to have to be taken into account. It's interesting that the Shut Ramah in Simon Yud, you take a look at the seventh Maramakam, a very interesting case was brought up, and it's very important to know how the Ramah passes, because very often the, uh, the Ashkenazic world, our world, relies on the Psakim of the Ramah. So Ramah talks about a very interesting case. Uh, we'll read it together inside, because it's fascinating to see it inside. And then we'll take some questions, okay? <coughs> First of all, is another. Before I begin, there's an interesting question. Let's say you have 
And we started discussing this last week or two weeks ago. Let's say you have a Hasagah's called Shiloh where one of the parties is not Jewish. So you have a, a Jewish person who has the first store and the, se- and the non-Jew is opening up a second store. So, so let him do whatever he wants. Who, who are we to stop him? The, the, the American courts are not going to stop him. They're going to say, call a kavod. Unless he wants hashgacha. If he wants hashgacha, then he can say, if you want hashgacha, you have to follow our, you know, our, our halachas, our rules. But there's an interesting question of, is, is a non, even if we would hold like Rav Huna, that would say that there is a protection right, the first owner, that can stop and claim that the second person is going to destroy my business. And that's called Hasagas Gvul. And the second person, if he doesn't listen, would be in violation of Hasagas Gvul. Does that even apply to a non-Jew? I mean, a non-Jew is chayv in seven missiles b'nei noach. So, is he chayv in yorid l'umnes chaveru? No, you don't think so, Doug? What's the viol... If someone would violate this issue of yorid l'umnes chaveru, what would he be violating? It relates to our very first question when we're discussing anem ha'apich b'charara. We asked, if someone's about to pick something up, about to pick something up, and someone else comes and swipes it. So, we said, the second person's called a Russia. He's about to pick it up. He's about to pay a hundred dollar bill. He finds, he reaches down, his hand is right there, and you have one of these magic things, you have one of these, you know, these magnetic, or whatever it is, these grabbers, and you, and you pick it up, the guy's left in the dirt. So it's not nice. Call the second person a Russia, Nikra Russia. Right? You go to an arcade, right, by the bowling alley, there's only one Miss Pac-Man, and one, you only have 15 minutes, and one person's about to put in a quarter, and this other person comes, and he comes in, and he throws in his quarter, and goes right in, and he gets the first game. It's called Oni Mahabe Becharara. I make uh, my kids are laughing because I like Miss Pacman. When I go to the arcade, when I go to the bowling alley, they bowl, and I play Miss Pacman. So, uh, so you have to be careful. If someone's about to play. You have to wait your turn. Gemara says, let's say you don't wait your turn. Nikra Russia. So, what does that mean, Nikra Russia? What is it? Ah, so Lenny says, is it stealing? If it was stealing, then then say it's gezo. Is in, in the world of stealing? How can you call this stealing? I have my store. I have my store. A second, bad manners. Okay, bad manners is not stealing. It's bad manners. So, second guy opens up a store. Is he stealing from the first guy? I mean, he, you can't. It's a, no. It's the question we want to know: Is it is it in the stealing world or is it in the bad manners world? It's like getting in line in front of somebody else. I mean, you're in line already. That might be stealing. That's stealing. But is it? Is it? But I'm not getting. I'm not cutting the law. I'm just. I'm opening up a store down the block. Oh yeah, that might be. That might be. Then again, you know, the line I was cu- here. You know, it's, a little, it's not so clear. Not so clear. So in Yori the Umnas Chaverda, we want to know the second store owner who opens up. If it's in the world of stealing, then is a guy chayv to listen to that law also? Would be. Although, it could be that even then he's not chayv to listen. Because, even though he's chayv in stealing, surely it's one of the seven mitzvahs b'nei Noach, it could be that the definition of stealing may be different for us and for them. But stealing clearly means you can't go into someone's house or pocket and take out his wallet. But does it mean that you can't open up a store because you have someone who's already opened up the store? We might consider that stealing. But it doesn't mean that the non-Jew... No, it's the non-Jew's definition of gezel that he's chayiv in still may be different than our definition of gezel. But either way, the Ramah deals with the following case. Let's read it together. Seventh Maramakom, the third line, very interesting. And we'll see how we pass this. He's talking about a very big Talmud Chacham, a very, very big Gadol. This sounds like a, like a, like a, like a, like a, like a matzeva, right? 
Sometime in the 1500s, there was a great Gaon, his name was Meremi Padawa. Meremi Padawa, what he decides to do is he decides, and this is when the publishing world, the publishing houses started to, the printing world started to take, take hold. Right? When was, when, when, what was it? Uh, what was the first one? Um, good. What was it? Gutenberg. Gutenberg was in the 1400s, something in the 1400s. So in the 1500s, you know, they start, they start to publish Svarim. So the Marami Rutenberg, what he does, he takes, a, a, he takes an, a Rambam, he makes a nice, a nice print, he adds some of his Ha'aris, some of his own thoughts on the bottom, and he, and he prints a new Rambam. And he, he's not a printer, but he, he partners with some non-Jewish publisher, and the two of them put out a Rambam. At the very same time, in that area, I think it was in Vienna maybe, Okay. okay, so, um, so, right, so he says, uh, Listen to this. So, this great gown, he comes together with a certain printer, Aloazoi Bragadin, whatever it's from Venice, or from Venice. And they decide they're going to print it, they're going to publish print of Mishnah Torah. That the Rambam printed, etc., etc. He's going to take out all the mistakes. He's going to make sure that it's uh, perfect and he's going to add his own horrors. It's going to be beautiful. There's another publisher at the time. I have it in parentheses by the name of Matvis Hamursen, the very famous publisher, Marco Antonio Justinin, a non-Jewish publisher also from Venice. Me'ashire Haaretz Negdo. The Omar, he says, he's also going to publish, if the first person puts out the Rambam, he says, I'm going to put out the Rambam too, and this is a very wealthy person, he says, I'm going to put out the Rambam, you're charging for a set of Rambam, let's say, uh, what we would call, let's say, $40, which is imagine probably a lot at the time, and uh, he's going to charge $25. And cut everyone, he's going to just cut them out. So he says, towards the end, I'm also going to do this for my... For my and the question is now that Marami Padua brings this non-Jewish person, this non-Jewish publisher to Besdin. Why does he want to bring him to Besdin? What does Marco Antonio Justininian care about the Besdin? Well, he's hoping, Marami is hoping that if he gets a Psak, that the first person was Masik Gvul, because he was first to put out the Rambam, and the second person comes along and puts out the same Set of Rambam, by the way, I think he used not just the Rambam, he even used the Ha'aris of the Marami Padua. His Ha'aris, and he took it and he printed his own Rambam with his own Ha'aris that the first person printed. So if he can get the Bezin to say that this person was wrong in doing it, he was Masigvul, then I'll put out a Cherim and I'll tell the Jewish community, don't buy from this publisher, buy only from the Marami Padua's publisher. So is this an issue? Is this a problem? Let's assume for a moment that there was nothing unique about the Rambam that the Marami Padua did. He just published the Rambam with a nice print. And there, was, it wasn't, there wasn't his own creation. It wasn't his own auras. Put out a Rambam. And now someone else wants to put out a Rambam. Now it's funny. You think about it today. I mean, it's just, it's just you know, it's like the world has changed. The world has changed. So, you know, today, especially with the internet, the world has completely changed. You know, it's almost like no one really has any hold at all. You can't really claim any monopoly, any hold, any protection rights at all. Everyone's everywhere. And everyone has access to everywhere. Especially if you're online. I opened up first. What, you have a shaykh, you have, you have a Kenyan on the whole world? Doesn't make sense. So, do, so now, who has the best website, who gives the best prices? So it happens to be great for the consumer. By the way, now is the best time for the consumer. I don't have to tell you, right? Black Friday, the next week or so, that's when, that's when, when I buy all my stuff. 
I buy a few pairs of shoes. You know, this is when I when I, I shop for the whole year. <coughs> So, Except it's not always, there is a negative to it because if, uh, if I was thinking of, of creating a new book of some kind, but somebody else already had it, had, has created it, I may not put it out because I'm going to be prevented from doing it. But why should you if someone else put it out already? Because maybe theirs isn't as good as the one I want. So that's a, that's a, that's a call. That's, you have to make a call. Generally, it's, overall is helpful for the consumer. Overall. Overall. So the Ramah, without going inside, the Ramah Paskins. Like, I'm not going to say he passed like the Chassam Sofer. He was 150, 200 years before the Chassam Sofer. The Ramah also paskins that because the second person was going to completely destroy the first person's business, how's that? Because he was selling it for so much less, that's considered, uh, that's considered unfair competition to the extent that he's going to be poskil l'chayusi, Passes like Rav Huna in this case. Uh, what about Rav Huna of Yeshua? He holds, no, Rav Huna of Yeshua is only talking about when you're hurting the first guy's business. But in this case, he's going to destroy the first guy because who would buy a Rambam for $40 if he could buy it for $25? So in effect, he's destroyed his business and that's why you put out a cherem that you can't buy from the Rambam of the, uh, of the Marami Padua. You have to, um, from, from the, from Marco Justininian, you have to buy from the, from the Ram, Marami Padua. The Maram, the Mordechai Benet, who often would, um, have arguments with, uh, with the, with the Chassam Sofer that lived at the same time. Mordechai Benet was a little bit older. Thought that that was an incorrect psaac. He thought that we possibly have Hunabed of Yeshua. And there's free competition. But he did agree in this particular case that it was right to paskin in the favor of the Marami Padua. Not because the second person opened up and started publishing after the first person. But why? Because this was his creation. This was his. It wasn't just a Rambam. It was a Rambam that he worked very hard to get the right girsos, the right nuschos. He worked very hard in adding his own ha'aras. To take that and then to reprint that, you're basically stealing someone else's thoughts, ideas. He thought that was, I don't know if he was stealing, but it's certainly the world of Asagas Gvuls, Dina the Malchus Adina, maybe it's a problem. Maybe it's a problem of gazelle, copyright. And then we move into that world of, uh, of copyright and, um, and patents and things like that. So that's basically, but the point is that the Ramah Paskin, like the Chassam Sofa with Paskin 150 years later, like the Ramah Shuvah Paskin 300 years later, that if the second store is going to destroy the first store's business, and there's no real marked difference for the consumer, then you can stop the second store from opening up. Yes, Dan? Can we go back to the example that you gave before about the nuts and candy owners? Yes. When you boil it down, what that really comes down to is a bribe. You're offering an incentive to somebody. Right. So That's right. Income. So now you have, so doesn't that fall into the, the concept of shilkat, right? The Torah prohibits it's bribery, but maybe that only applies to judges. I don't, I'm not sure if it only applies to judges. If you would go to a teacher and say, I'll give you $100 if you. You passed, you know, I'm sure, Lenny, you've gotten that maybe, $100. <laughs> yeah, I priced a lot of <laughs> My students know it's very simple. A, a, a chocolate bar does it for me. <laughs> I love it. Chocolate, that's it. I don't need anything, I need cash, chocolate, this way no one can trace it or whatever. So, um, so I don't think that's chocolate. That's, that's business. That's, that's good business. You've got to give out a free item in order to draw people into the store. And, and, and the right is someone else can do it too. Aren't there laws about price fixing? I don't know anything about antitrust laws and all this corporate stuff, but aren't there laws with price fixing that you would drive the competitor out of business? That's what we're talking about. So that's why... Price that, fixing that, is the opposite. But I'm saying if you that's lower that's the price... Where you agree yeah. with your competitor to keep the prices really high. Oh, okay. So, but, but, but price... Uh, <laughs> what do they call price? Predatory pricing. Predatory pricing. So yeah, these are the issues. And the issue is always going to be always going to be 
And it seems like in our communities, in general, general, not all the communities, but in our communities in general, we took the position of the Chassam Sofa, the Rav Moshe, and others that held, and, and the Ramah in this Shuva, that held that you have to always take the first, um, the first owner, in, his protection rights, into account, and then you have to weigh. To what extent are you going to destroy the first person's business? To what extent are you going to help the consumer? But again, Rav Yaakov Breish, Rav Chalkas Yaakov, he didn't think that was an issue at all because he thought that we passed like from the of Yeshua and there is a machlokas and there is no there is no protection rights and that was it. He passed and there was a there was a, a um, maybe some students who had used to sell some uh, some tea and coffee inside the yeshiva and outside the yeshiva block down they had a little dairy restaurant and all the students used to go to the dairy restaurant by lunch and then the the the, the the Talmudim figure one day, you know, after a year or two, they say, you know, we can sell bagels too. <laughs> we can sell, we can make scrambled eggs. You can buy for a for a, for a hundred dollars. You buy a uh, skillet. a skillet. You buy. So they started doing that. And then the second, the store took them to Bezin. They said, you know, we we were here first. It's funny. They were in the yeshiva first. <laughs> And, but they were selling more items first, and then they started to up their business. So in, in, in the back and forth, he says, we possibly, not like the Chassam Sofa, we possibly have Hunabed of Yeshua, that says that you can't stop a second store from opening up, especially since they were there, but they're just expanding the store. He says, maybe it's a Midas Chassidus, you want to protect the first person, he has a Parnassah, but you can't stop a person, you can't stop a person. So this is always what goes into account, Rav Huna, Red of Yeshua, Rav Huna, Red of Yeshua, are they arguing? The Ramaz Psak, the Chassam Sofer, the Chalkas Yaakov. To what extent do we allow for uh, free enterprise without uh, worrying about uh, hurting anybody? That's the nature of America. It's the nature of Torah. It's the nature of business. The American laws and our laws are quite similar. Or do you say that no, they're not similar? Very, very dissimilar because we hold that the really the first store really does have a strong protection, and you have to protect their rights. And um, other things are taken into account, but that is the position of the Chassam Sof and Rav Moshe. Yeah. Do, do these principles, I think you might have touched on it yeah. this week, but uh, we explored it yet, maybe it's another subject, how does it apply to religious life? How does it apply to what do you mean? a shul that opens up to another shul? Yes. How does it apply to uh, a yeshiva or a mosque right. or a kolel? Yes. Yes. That, that opens up next to each other or down the block. Right. Or even today with uh, Esrogim Lulavim. Okay? Right. I have an Esrogim Lulavim I've sold for 10 years and all of a sudden the guy rents a store next to me right. and he starts selling right. it. Yeah. Does this, is this the same principle? N- n- um, we saw last week that Rav Moshe applied the same exact principle to a shul. The Rav, you know, the Rabbanim make Parnos not an enormous amount but they make some Parnosa too. Right? The shul pays them, right? So in the Lower East Side I don't think the, per- the Rav, whatever he was getting paid it was his Parnosa. So uh, the second person opened up uh, another shul, or there was a breakaway. And Rav Moshe says, you can't open up a second shul. So Rav Moshe Paskin, like the way he Paskin in the, in, the, in the stores that he was Paskining on, and the business he was Paskin on the shul too. When it comes to yeshivas, it might not apply. When it comes to yeshivas, I think the Gemara says that, Kenneth uh, from Tabachachma. When it comes to yeshivas specifically, you, we, we, we would think maybe the opposite. It's not. Shivas, so the more yeshivas, then we, we really have to take into account more yeshivas is going to mean better yeshivas, generally speaking. Because the, why would anybody go to the first school and send their kids to the first school if the second school has better rebay and better teachers, you know, less, you know, less tuition? So what, what's, 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 what's so, But there the Gemara says, no, then competition is actually um, uh, is desired. So, and in terms of other inyane mitzvah, I would think that that is similar to a shul. I would think that except for the yeshivas where the Gemara says clearly that competition is, is, uh, is suggested and, and desired for other things like a shul and a and things like that, I think then you would, 
use the other laws where Rav Moshe would say you have to be careful you're going to destroy the first person's business and Rabbi Yaakov Braish and others a base Ephraim would say hey that's the, that's the nature of business we possibly have one of Yeshua so long as the first person is paying his fair share in taxes and he's not doing anything illegal then he can open up uh, as, much as, uh, as much as he wants that's what I think the, the, uh, the Psaac generally would be okay Shkayach for coming and Mitzvah Hashem we'll see you next week